Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX Podcast. Anaheim 3 wrap-up brought to you by BTOsports.com and our friends at Thor MX have uh, presented this to you all. So thank you to those guys. Uh, Anaheim 3 has come and gone. Thankfully, there is no Anaheim 4. I'm not sure if the dirt would have held up any longer. Uh, with me to talk about the race and recap it the best way that we can is uh, my boss, the online editor of RacerX and, and the controller of everything, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And why can't you are live from the streets of San Diego right now? Mean streets, as you would imagine. San Diego, definitely known for, you know, being dangerous, but yeah, I'm tough. I got my leather Hasselhoff jacket on. I'm good. Uh, and uh, also there, also on the line, uh, none other than uh, one of the greatest 125 Supercross racers ever to not win a title, David Pingree. Uh, thanks for that introduction. Well, Appreciate I mean, it, that. it's something, you know, I think. Um, All right. Uh, question for you, Ping, um, on a scale of one to 10, how happy were you watching Wygan and I in the press box pounding away at our type, at our keyboards while you're up and living in a sweet life, literally sweet <laughs> life in Anaheim three, uh, 11, let's just say 11. It was nice. You know, the weather was nice. Three sandwiches. I don't know. Chicken fingers. You'd have loved it. <laughs> Why well, again? Once again, you know, remember how I had that sort of mini meltdown waiting for Chad and Phoenix? Yeah. I kind of thought about it again when Ping was telling me about how nice it was in the suite, just hanging out. No tweeting, my, you know, none of that. One of my favorite recurring jokes that's not supposed to be a joke this year is, I swear, at Anaheim 3 alone, I was asked by 10 different people, hey, uh, yeah, so I finally got not Says, Weege, do you know how do you get up there? And I said, I don't even know where the Nauthall Club is. And they're like, oh, whatever, dude, whatever. And I'm like, no, like, I really, again, like, why would I go to the Nauthall Club? Every time I've been to a Supercross here, I have to work. Yeah. Like, I'm the last person that will ever be able to go up there. Um, but it's like they just keep kicking me in the balls over and over. Ping, Ping's been in the Nauthall. Ping's been in a suite. All yeah. that. Not, not, all, not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, a bunch of C-list celebrities, bad seating, cheap food, overcrowded. It's The uh, knot hole is not what it's cracked up to be. Get it? The, the knot hole is a hole. <laughs> it, yeah, ironically, it is a hole. Hey, uh, was there any, they, they interview all the celebrities that are up <laughs> in the knot hole all night long at these Anaheim's. Was there any one of them that were actually recognizable to anyone? I can tell you, us in the press box were like, who's that guy? Every single time. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, by Anaheim 3, they're basically scraping the, the bottom. 
I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, here's uh, here's the third lead in Third Rock from the Sun. He played a janitor. Hey. Uh, <laughs> he was in the scene with uh, John Lithgow. Welcome to Supercross. Um, uh-huh. uh, also, too, I guess, though, uh, James Listmore did get a photo. There was a rock star on the floor. Um, nobody knows who he was, though, but Listmore said people were getting their photos taken with him. And I looked at the photo. I don't know who it is, but it looks like someone who thinks that they're pretty good. You know? You know, they have that look. But does he have a, on a business card, rock star? He was a rock, he is a rock star, but we just uh, don't know who, but that's yeah. his profession. Yeah, he had a leather pants on, Listmore said, so that's cue number one. You know, when you run the leather pants, you're someone. Or you're you're either someone or no one, like you're you're it's it's one of the two. You're either a complete moron, loser, or you really are somebody special. It's, it's, There's no middle class. No. There's no middle class for leather pants. No. No. It's not like you wear leather pants to Applebee's on a Wednesday. You know. Right. Well, that's just it. Some people would, and they are the nobodies. The weird. You, the weirdos. See, that's the problem. You are in a rock band. Like, the turn, you have to earn stardom to be a rock star, but I think now it's the idea of just being in a rock band makes you a rock star automatically. They're not the same. No. Nope. Being in a rock band and being a rock star are two different things. No, this guy was someone. Like, okay. he was older. He was older, you know. Uh, Isn't that sad, though? You, you looked at this picture and you didn't even know? I mean, look, I'm stuck in 88. Like, you That's know, true. Ping, you know this better than, than anyone. <laughs> um, it's not David Lee Roth or, you know. Yeah. I, I thought Scott Weiland, to be honest, is a little Scott Weilandish looking. But. Oh, was it the guy from Buck Cherry? Oh, I don't know. Hold uh, on. That dude's a big Supercross fan. He's buddies with. Uh, Hold I wonder on. if that was who it was. He's buddies with Ralph, of course. Oh, uh, he's with Ralph? No, no, he's no. He's buddies with Scotty McLemore from Lucas Oil. So I wonder if. I've seen him before at races. You know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. I'm googling imaging right now. I'm googling Buck okay. Cherry. I've enjoyed at uh, Anaheim too. They had the guy from Pawn Stars. I think it was the guy from Pawn Stars. He's been around a couple of times. I think that's what his deal was. Um, and I saw him at maybe Vegas or something last year for the first time. He was and, at the Monster Cup. Okay, Monster Cup. There you go. Okay, so I don't. I don't. No pawn stars. I don't watch pawn stars. Pawn, porn, yes. Pawn, no. So <laughs> he he's down there, and somebody's like, "Hey, we, this is the guy from Pawn Stars." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, nice to meet you." And then he does like this penguin laugh, like penguin from Batman. He goes like, wah, 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 which I guess is like his trademark thing, but I don't know that. So it's just he's just doing it on cue for people all night long. But I don't think a single person down there had seen the show and knew why he was doing it. So everybody did like this fake, like, huh, okay, thanks for the laugh. He wouldn't say hi, he would do the laugh. Which Very uh, awkward. Uh, and then he did it again at Anaheim, too. Wah, 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 wah. And everyone's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, his, it's his signature move. It's a signature move that no one knew, but no one wanted to admit, yeah, I actually don't know what that is. I got the Buck Cherry uh, images of Buck Cherry. I've already seen way too many. Um, I don't think it was him. I don't think it was Buck Cherry guy. Him? No, I don't oh. think it was Buck Cherry. No, yeah, the guy's pretty old. 
Uh, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get the photo. I'm gonna email it to you guys after uh, we're done here. Maybe one of you two can figure it out. But um, I don't know. Hey, and by the way, too, what is with the sound system in Anaheim? It's terrible. It's terrible, right? The stadium is I, just yeah. You can't hear a word. Nope. Nope. Podium interviews. Nothing. Completely, one hundred percent useless. I don't. Yeah. How do how does it? I mean, I, and I asked somebody on Twitter, "Is it like this for baseball games?" And they're like, "No, baseball is good. Somehow the dirt affects the sound." And I, I didn't really buy that. Come on. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's just what somebody on Twitter said. So further, there's some stadiums where you can go. I've had to do this. Like if you go into a room, like say the men's room that has speakers in there, and then you hear it crystal clear. And if I like really need to hear a podium interview, I've run in there just to do that. Uh, but that doesn't work at this stadium either. There is no part of the building where the sound comes out clearly. It's actually impressive that they're able to equalize it all out. Like, make sure that speaker is just as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a special, special uh, thing. Um, Ping, did you race? I got an email for you. Um, did you race against a guy named Cincy or something in a supermoto? Cini. Adam Cini. Yeah, he's Australian? Yeah, yeah. I got an email from a from a from a listener that said that he, that guy's terrible. And he doesn't understand how he beat you. Um, Does that make any sense? No, he, he was supermoto. He didn't beat me. He he. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. <laughs> there, was, there was one track. It was in Houston. Wait a minute before, after, before you what? before you need to go. It was right after I'd broken my arm. You know, both bones in my one arm, and I. Shouldn't even have been racing, but I was still close enough to the points I needed to, like, try. So I went out, and I whole shot at the final, and I was leading, and it was a slick, it was this really, really slick asphalt, and he was on a Husky, which was the slowest bike you could ride, really. And I think because of that, he actually was hooking up better than everybody. He was, like, not right. spinning, so he right. was actually pretty quick that day. And so there was this dirt section, and he comes bombing in, cuts across the whole corner, and, like, punts me off the berm. And I, you know, almost wadded, but I kind of, like, didn't. I just tipped over, got back on, chased him down. He ends up crashing on his own. But, uh... Okay. I think I... Think I anyway, long story short, I came flying into the pits and right. threatened to tear his head off. Because he was, you know, came across, all the way across the corner, like way worse than what Wyndham did to DV, even. That's pretty bad. In Phoenix, I yeah. So it was bad. Um, but that was the only race he was ever even in the ballpark. So. Okay. Yeah. So once again, the listeners have it wrong. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to get that out to you before we get started because uh, I want to give you um, a chance to say your piece. Do we start with the TV show? Do we end with the TV show or do we skip the TV show? We need to the TV show. This is ridiculous. This is thing you've luckily been spared the last couple of weeks. We just keep falling into the same gutter over and over. We just aim for the pins here, just straight it's, down the lane. It's 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 like it's like they're purposely trying to be bad. I don't the know. The TV show, the broadcast. Yeah. It's that bad, huh? I don't know. Uh, again, Phil Nicoletti leading the LCQ. No mention of NFAB at all. No mention about Phil. No mention about first year in the 450 class. No mention about anything. Nothing. Just crickets. Um, On the other hand, I will say that I feel like in the main event, Ralph went out of his way to 
you know, get the team names and sponsors in of, of those guys, which you might say, well, whatever, because they only know the main dude. But for all the conspiracy theories against Feld, for uh, Ralph to go out of his way two or three times to say that Millsaps is on the Rockstar Energy Drink right. team is, you know, people wouldn't expect that. So yeah. I give them kudos for not doing things as badly as they could. But Ralph did say that Alessi was on a Suzuki-supported machine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he did say that. Um, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I get, one thing I do want to say, and I tweeted it yesterday, uh, props to Roger DeCoster for having an epic uh, failure of the air shock and coming out to face the cameras. Good job. Because you, all three of us on this line know that there are many team managers or mechanics or anybody that would never say a word and never talk about it and hope that it went away. Roger did not. So props to him. What did he, what did he do? What did he come out and say? Well, he didn't say much. He just, you know, he said, hey, yeah, we had a failure of a part, and, uh, you know, it's too bad that, uh, it, it, you know, it, it didn't work out. And, you know, he didn't really go into detail about what failed, but, you know, he mentioned the shock, and that was it. I mean, that's still more than, uh, you know, more than a lot of guys would have done. Don't you agree, Weech? Yeah, we interviewed him after the race on video for Race Films, and he said we had the air shock, lost pressure. And, yeah, in contrast, didn't – Sebastian Tortelli once run out of gas at Redbud, and Honda said no, he didn't run out of gas. He had a fuel-related engine problem. Yeah, and then well, then the, the Dungey thing too. When we Dungey ran out of gas, it was you know very upsetting to many people when we clarif- when we called it running out of gas. Right, right. It just yeah. Well, I understand Suzuki's in, in that situation with the Dungey thing. Their point was it wasn't that the gas tank wasn't big enough; it's that the gas boiled, and that's why it ran out. So they were just trying to clarify it. But the point is that you can see a bike literally explode right in front of your face. And what, are, what do you always say, Steve? Is it spark plug every time? Yeah, spark plug. Let's right? go. Yeah. Right. So the fact that DeCoster said exactly what happened at all is exceptional, sadly. Roger's definitely not scared to put it out there. Nope. Not at all. Nope. Uh, his history's been there. Uh, you know, thought Ken Roxon had a bad diet, told me that, wrote it down, you know. Thought he needs to drink less Red Bulls. Um, not scared. Not scared, Roger DeCoster. Maybe that's what happened. Well, you he... know who else does? You know who else? When the bike has a problem, we'll straight up say the bike had a Mitch Payton does the same thing. He so, does, yeah. Take notes, boys. All yeah. the secrecy. Who's the guys, who are the guys that seem to win the races despite not keeping all this stuff secret? It seems to be work okay when you tell the truth. Yeah, and the biggest yeah, guys so... on the biggest teams uh, that have the so most please, to lose. Please to all the other managers and hack people out there in this industry who feel like they got to keep everything quiet, quiet. Like look at the two probably best leaders in our industry. And they're both very open about what's going on. Yeah. Please take note. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Mitch Payton last year uh, with tickle. He's like, yeah, we had a fuel fuel pump problem on the bike. We thought we had it. We had some issues earlier. He was telling me, uh, we thought we fixed them. Guess not. And he smiled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so, um, Hey, we know it's interesting. We've had a couple, we've had, you know, two guys who are now first and second in points both have heat races where their bikes DNF. Millsaps at was it A two? Yep. And I, I never heard that had to have been an engine, right? Like I yeah. never heard what yeah. happened. There. I, I I didn't get anything from the team, but why get you you did actually the team did admit that, right? Well, they just said the bike locked up. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. But, that, but that's all you need. Like, I don't know, care if it's a crank or whatever it is. I mean, the bike locked up. Yeah. Although that was undeniable. You can watch the video. I mean. The rear wheel just stops halfway down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not allowed to hide that one. Teams would, but teams would. 
I would not yeah. let pass the team to say, no, the bike didn't lock up even when it did. Uh, we had a rear wheel issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, it wouldn't keep turning? No, that was the issue? <laughs> um. you, could, you could say it's anything. Oh, we had a fuel issue. It wouldn't keep you know, moving through the engine, so that was the problem. <laughs> Damn fuel. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's get to the race. Um, so, really, Dungey's, you know, we we had Jim Hawley on the Pulp Show last night, and Jim said that before this win for, for Ryan Dungey, he had thought Ryan had had a good year. I, I disagree. I think maybe you two also would disagree. But, man, when he – and the LCQ there, he was a lap away from not making it. I was like, this is a terrible year for Ryan Dungey. And then he goes and wins the main event, and he just swings it. Just a hundred. Or as Marcus Vick said, he did a three sixty, and uh, <laughs> uh, did a one eighty on his season. Right? I mean, this is uh, this could change everything, huh, Ping? Well, you know, the thing with Benji, it, it hasn't been him racing for wins or you know up where you expect him, but he still has stayed consistent enough that he's not he's in the points. He's not completely out of it. So. Yeah, you get one break like this, and boom, all of a sudden he's a contender again. You know, he's just, he's very sneaky like that. You know what I mean? He just, he just doggedly stays in there and stays in the hunt. And he could go and have a crappy weekend at, you know, or, or a crappy fifth, sixth, you know, just yeah. be off the radar. I'm telling you, when it comes down to Salt Lake, that dude will be in the points hunt. Yeah. That's just how he rolls. Do you put the air shock back on, Ping? I don't know. I don't know what happened or whatever. That's when that happened. I was like, no way. You know I mean? You try this new technology. It's such a gamble, right? I mean, what if that happened in the main, you can't get uh, 25 points. It's tough to give up. Yeah. What if it happened uh, in the middle of the race when he come up, when he was coming up to a triple? Oh yeah. I mean, no, I mean, the <sighs> big penalties, big penalties. Uh, yeah. Is that actually the sound effect? Did you actually just do the sound of the air shock? That was it. Did you hear that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> One man show. Um, yeah, it uh, it's something else. You know what? Um, someone... You know, it'll be hard. It'll be interesting to see if Dungey has the confidence in his team and talk to put it back on. Because, I mean, it fails once, yeah. you know, fail again. And, and like you just said, that, if that thing blows in the whoops, I think you could probably ride out of a triple. It would probably hurt. But if that thing goes in the whoops or in a rhythm lane, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, last you know they, they brought up that bike last year, and, and I, think I think I maybe mentioned this on a podcast last year. The KTM guys told uh, another team in the pits that they were – no way. They told me that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get my shit straight. Um, a guy KTM told me that – they were really close to having some DNFs last year. They actually said they were amazed that they did not have any DNFs in the Nationals. That it was right on the limit, a part, a fuel, oil, something. Wouldn't elaborate any more than that uh, to having some DNFs. Because I was saying, wow, what a job you guys did. Like, incredible. Like, new bike and Nationals and heat and, and you know, long motos and He's like, oh man, like you behind the scenes, there was definitely some worries, uh, but we did it, you know. And then this guy mentioned that um, if RV had been out there and Dungey had to push harder for longer, and they might have actually had been pushing that thing off at certain points. So mm. it's the fine line, isn't it, between just being awesome and pushing your bike off? 
So yeah, you really this season for Dungey has been much more like you would have thought last season would have been. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with Holly either. I think that he's been not awful, but yeah. I don't think he's been quite as good as we're used to seeing Dungey be. And you would have thought that would have been the case last year. This year, it seems like they were chasing it uh, more so until now. So this, the, this really could turn everything around. Does this change anything, Wygant? Or is he still? I mean, he's still to go to the LCQ. Uh, granted, it was a DNF. He still he rode. Well, I guess I can't say he barely got in. He did barely get in, but he fell due to you know due to being in the back of the pack. I'll tell you, if Nicoletti, Nicoletti hadn't made that mistake, that last lap was going to be nasty. Someone was some. Well, I, you know, I think that Ryan would have got in because he would have got in on, on the one advantage that all the factory guys have is in the whoops. Um, factory suspension, factory bikes, factory riders are better in the whoops than privateers. You see it all the time. Um, so I was one of those dudes was going down though. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was gonna. It was gonna be gnarly, you know. Um, but what do I you think? Th- the encouraging thing is uh, beyond the LCQ. Um, first of all, Dungey's starts have been have been awful this year. Mm-hmm. This time he pulled a really good one from the outside. And obviously, when you get a good start from the outside, there's some level of just you know circumstance and luck involved, you know, to be able to squeeze through. But I mean, obviously, he nailed it coming out of the gate to even stay with those guys around the outside for starters. So that's a good sign. And second, he rode awesome in the main. I mean, the first couple laps of Millsaps was pressuring him. Remember, Dungey could not match Millsaps at Anaheim 1. Like, you were waiting for him to get him, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't. And then when Millsaps all over in the first few laps, again, you're like, this is the deal. Like, Millsaps might just be faster than Dungey right now, which is still getting more and more normal, I guess, to believe that. But it's still a bit of a surprise. I thought Millsaps was going to get him. You saw Stu is back there, and you're like, well, this could be the night for Stewart. Marsha was in as well. And eventually, Dungey just motored away from all those guys. So I think you got to take the LCQ stuff out of it and just say, he finally rode the way you'd expect Dungey to ride. And I don't think he really had at any point in the main event this year until now. So that's what I think changes things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And he did that with a shock with a spring on it, right? When they came yeah. back out for the main, it had yeah. a spring. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have put down the chicken fingers. Maybe you would have, you know. Well, no. it's hard to see from, you know, a sweet level. Well, dude, I'm sorry. You probably had the the live show playing on one of the multi-screen flat screens up there in the suite. Oh, you know? no, we had timing and scoring going and good conversation, good people. It was wonderful, really. Chocolate fountains. What an interesting thing. Chocolate fountains. What an interesting thing. Okay. I, I, sorry. One interesting thing about that, Dungey told me, was that he had not used that spring shock in about three weeks. So he... Is literally going into the whoops on the first lap of that LCQ. Ah, fooey. You know what? Fooey. Fooey on that. You to- you told me the same thing after the race. Oh, and it was it. You don't think it's it true? It true that I already said it. That means it's less, it's less true because I already told you this. No, it's totally true. But uh, the whole uh, oh my god, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Ah, oh, god, like ah, fooey. Come on. Ah, it's a it's a spring. It's a shock with a spring on. He's ridden eight bajillion laps. You know, it was you know the last se- the last time they used it, it was a supercross setting. It's not like they said, "Hey, go pull a shock off the KJSC fifty bike." It's the only one we have. Hope it works. You know, it's it's tuned well, in. It's dialed in. It's perfect. It's 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 perfect. It's it's. He's- I won't say fooey like Mathis, but I'm sure at the test track when they've been. Doing testing, they've gone back and forth and back and forth, and he ah, knows how that shock's going to react. Fooey. 
I still say that they had three practice sessions that he did not use that shot. And the very first time he's using it is when he's in, like, 12th place after falling on the first lap of the LCQ. Let's not make him and, up to be an American hero, Wygant. I mean, there's guys in Nam that we, they're still there, probably. Well, I'm not saying it's... As we a still player, have guys in Nam? Friday Anaheim won. I watched Rambo the other day, and it seemed like they did. Okay. Yeah. They're actually just dying of natural causes in old age. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. They're just, you know... They're there, but they... live they, in little villages now. Yeah, they have, they like... Harvest rice. They, they work things at, like that. They work at the convenience stores in, in Bangkok <laughs> and things like that. Um, now, uh, yeah, no, he, he no, he deserves credit. But all right, let's let's move on. Um, Davy Millsaps, Pingree, yes. Can he win this thing? Can he yes. win this whole Supercross championship? Yep. He extended his lead. He has fourteen points. I mean, it's far from over. But well, thanks. But based simply on the way he's riding, not not the points lead. I mean, he's he earned he's earned that lead so far. He's so solid. His starts are good. He's not getting tired. I mean, he's strong late in the race. First, right now, he's got everything going for him. If he keeps that up. It's this is his to lose. First, you now Villapoto might be quicker, but he's having these yard sale races where he's hitting the deck two and three times, and I mean. Not gonna work. First, third, fourth, second, second. It's just, I mean, you know, at, at one point Stewie passed him, and you know, and we'll get to James in a second. But uh, why can't? I mean, is he gonna win? Can he win? Look, why can't's passed out? He can't believe it. He can't believe it. Yeah, working at all. it's back now. You're gone now. Fine. I'm getting ready to get off. Like I just bolted on this screenshot. Need podcast. Are you going to react? Hang you're, on here. You're upset about the shock comment? Is that it? No, I would say it's like I just bolted on a new shock made podcast. Oh yeah. Um, Got to just. Uh, yeah, as far as Millsaps goes, um, the, the reason he's so far ahead in points is because he has managed to avoid the horrible result. Everybody else has had at least one bad race so far. I just don't see how anyone goes through 17 rounds without a bad one. So it's going to come eventually. And he's definitely shown awesome fight. I mean, almost every race this year he's been passed by a guy and has come back to get him back, which is so rare, very difficult to do. I give him props for all that, but I, I still say it's far from the point where you can start calling him, even with a 14-point lead, the phase. 14 points to be gone in a blink. So, so you're not I, a, I can't go that far. You're not a believer. Um, I'll just straight up say I'm not. As far as is Millsap going to be champ, I still think that's a very tall order. I mean, he is riding awesome. I'm not taking anything away from him. I mean, okay. I'm going to tell you that. Let me, let's, but is he the favorite? No. Let's do this. Uh, Ping, percentage that he wins the championship. Like 100% obviously would be, you know, he's going to win it in your mind. But percentage in your mind that he wins the championship this year. Well, dude, we're not that many races in. Ah, okay. Well, complete just, conjecture just, here just, at this point. Of course, but give me the percentage that you um, have in faith of, of him being the champion. I would say... I mean, is he... Be- 30, is he- 35%. I would say so, too. Why, Gant? I would go 25. All right. Yep. So who do you think beats him? Well, I'm, 
I mean, RV, let's, let's move on to RV. Uh, he was, I don't know about him. Kawasaki, the agent, the family, very upset at Chad Reed for that crash uh, that, that, that collected him up. Brayton said it was a racing incident. Chad obviously said it was a racing incident. Ping, what did you make of it? I, honestly, it was a long way from my suite. I didn't really get to see what happened. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really get a good look at it, to be honest with you. Okay. Why, Gant? Uh, yeah, I watched it like a million times over and over. Yeah. Um, still, it's hard to say. Uh, but, I mean, he and Brayton were diving for the inside trying to make something happen. Yeah. Maybe maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> maybe you should ride around in a line and just, you know, get what you get. Just get what no, you get. I think I, here's what I think actually led to this. This is the... Who 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 was in the lead? Alessi, right? The eight hundred. Yes. I think that if you read, you're in that situation saying, "Dude, if I can clear Brayton here and pass Alessi immediately, I am. If I have Alessi between myself and everybody else, I'm going to have a massive advantage here." <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, why wouldn't that run through your mind in Supercross? I'm sure if you read, that's what you're thinking. You're... Like, Alessi's hard to get around. He's not going to be able to run my pace. I'll get around him and I'll get a gap within two laps. He so. He, he, said, he said last night on the Pulp Show that, uh, yeah, I would only have Mike in front of me, and then I would get him in the whoops. So, <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he already had that all planned out. And then, of course, Mike, you know, Mike's not easy to get by. Um, so, yeah, perhaps that's right. Like, go, go, go. Right. Got to go. Right. Gotta okay, go. I'm, watching, I'm watching it on YouTube right now. Oh, and it's like – Good job. This, this double coming into the turn, it was just like Brayton – is holding his line. Reed's not up next to him yet. So Reed, Brayton jumped and just went to the inside like anyone is going to do. You're going to try to protect yourself so you don't get creamed out. And Reed tried to jump in there, and he got his wheel hung up, and they both went straight up in. That's total racing incident. You can't blame either one of those guys. Right. That's okay. my opinion. Yeah. Can't blame either yeah, one. They were that. just being ultra-aggressive. Like, neither was going to give each other an inch. Like, Brayton was going to let him by, and Reed was going to hold the ground, and that's what happened. So the only thing I could say is if you want to blame it on Reed, it's because, you know, he was trying to make something happen. He yeah. wasn't going to budge. Um, uh, he wasn't out of control. I, I don't know. I still feel Oakland seemed to me like he just straight up made a mistake. Yeah. He didn't really admit that, though, did he? Um, Yeah, not really. Not too much, did he? No. Yeah. We talked about Oakland. He said a rate. Oakland seemed to me like more he actually bobbled Yeah. with all these dudes right next to him. Yeah, I, I would put the majority of that crash uh, on Chad Reed, for sure. This one, yeah. not so much. Not at all. Um, but what about RV? Like, what? I mean, he, you know, he's got two wins, and he looks great at times. But what's going on, Ping? What do you think? Like, is this? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen him ride. Um, and maybe he's just a little, little, which he shouldn't be. But maybe he's. it's like he's a little sick that he's got to get the points back right away or get get up into the lead. I don't know. If he if he goes down just that one time, it's one thing. But these multiple crashes where he's having three crashes in one race, it's like, what is going on? Yeah, because he was, despite getting caught up in that pileup, he was up to a tenth on the third lap. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't wasn't so bad. Um, but then he went down again, and that was it. You know, last last place. So pressing yeah. a little bit, pink, uh, pressing a little bit. Like, yeah, like I got, I don't have to start. Ah, I gotta go. Like. Yeah, but he's never done that. That's never been his deal. He's always really solid through the moto. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Last year was the last 
Last year, well, he never did that. Never had those meltdowns. So I don't, maybe it's bike setup still. Right. Um, I, I didn't see the second crash. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Uh, Barsha third place. Uh, why can't you talk to Stanton a little bit on this, huh? Yeah, but it went the exact opposite of um, what both he and Stanton said. Uh, Stanton said his uh, confidence is down there right now, and then pointed straight at the ground. And I was like, man, I didn't think Barsha would be the kind of guy to get like that. He's, you know, usually bordering on cocky. And he's like, yeah, but not in this class. These guys are just too big a name, too big a deal. It even rattled him. Mm-hmm. Too bad races. And then Barsha told me, yeah, I'm not even thinking about trying to win. I'm just trying to um, just finish 20 laps. I don't even care where I finish. I just need to actually finish 20 laps for once and not crash. But then he actually had a really good race. And, I mean, he was battling Millsaps all the way to the end for second. I mean, it's a whole lot better than just trying to finish and getting like eight. Like, he was good. Yeah, it was really good. So, yeah. uh, by the sounds of it, uh, Stanton might be around some more. Yeah, he said the family called him in and said you need to be here. Because apparently he was not – I think he was in, at both of the races at DNF. So, yeah, he wasn't – yeah. yeah. Right. So, the two races he's been to, a win and a third, and the two races in between, two DNFs. So, yeah, I think we're going to get to hang out with Stanton more this year. <laughs> the calming influence of six time. Yeah, there were some other ridiculous things. I mean, you always got to take everything you're hearing from trainer or coach dudes with a grain of salt. Right, like, right. I don't know. Suddenly, Stan was saying that he worked with Ricky for years and helped him in the same way. I didn't even really know that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Stan? Stan worked with Ricky at Honda. That's what he said. He said, I kind of took over for Johnny. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Stewart? Best 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 ride we've seen from him uh, in a while. I felt like I haven't looked at the individual lap times yet. I need to uh, I need to take a look. But I felt like he got tired, and that's probably to be expected, huh, Ping? Yeah, I mean, with a, a bum knee like that, you can only work it so hard. Um, to me, it still looks like he's just riding around, which I guess he probably is, which sucks. You know, like right. to me, that's the biggest bummer about this whole season is that he. I mean, whether he's crashing or winning or whatever, he's he's exciting to watch, always. And I feel like now he's just kind of cruising around. It's a bummer. Um, and, and hey, Malat called us all out, by the way, on the had to get four top tens to get paid by Red Bull. Um, not the case. And he's like, "What? What an arbitrary number, anyway! Four top tens, like." Talking about a multi-time champion, we're we're only going to require him to get top tens. Like, even if that was a deal, that would be ridiculous. I'm like, you're right. It sounds stupid coming out of my mouth now. I can't believe we even said that. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, he, he's going to uh, he's going to tough this thing out the whole way. Clearly, uh, unless he you know unless he cartwheels bad again or or, or something like that. But um, um, I mean, it's strange to be talking about him with a fourth place going, wow, yeah, he rode his best uh, race of the season, right? I mean, holy crap, but uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess it's what he's going to do. Um, why can't you said that you heard he hired a, a trainer? Well, hired or has one, whatever. It's uh, Pablo, the guy that worked with Millsap last year. Mr. Got Millsap to lose 40 pounds. Um, I guess it's the way it works with trainers and Millsap, right? Like you get one trainer one year, you lose the first 40. Then yeah. you probably plateau yeah. and bring in a new guy to lose like the next forty. We um we gotta we gotta do the the trainer rider graph. I don't think we have enough right. space in a magazine. But we've 
got to try to do that. I mean, Johnny Louch probably has a hundred different guys. Rhino. Right. Rhino. Louch. Pablo. You know? We got and the funniest thing about that is every trainer will tell you, I think you've probably been through this or told guys this, like the one month or two months of training means like nothing. Like to make any of it really work, supposedly you need to work on a program for like several years. And that's like what no one does. No one does that. No one sticks to one program for long enough time. Like two months later, oh, I'll just switch it up altogether, which is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, it definitely takes some time, no matter what you're doing, uh, to get the results you want. So, uh, problem is these guys will have a bad result or a bad weekend or season. They're like, "Well, I got to change something. Something's not working. Right. They change everything." Sealed. You can't fire the players. You can fire the coach. Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I put I put this. Oh yeah. So Stuart is Pablo, um, who worked with um, <clears throat> up last year. Uh, I guess Pablo said he started working with James a week or two ago. This was the first race we went to. I saw him after the race, and he said, just a little fine-tuning, and we'll be good. And I'm like, yeah, but how much can you do in a week as far as, like, fitness goes? And he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna shake it up. We're, we're going to do some tuning. So hmm. he seemed confident. And we did make this point on those uh, pre-race podcasts that we do on your – whatever your, the name of your other website is, Steve, that I remember. Uh, small, um, small website. Yeah. yeah, that little tiny website. That – if Stewart was seriously just riding out the string to get Red Bull money, there would be no point in calling a trainer guy and saying, hey, man, I need some help. Come down here. That's a good point. Why would you even care? Yeah, why would you even care? Like, he's clearly, clearly searching to try to get something, get results, not just top 10. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, that says something for sure. Hey, um, uh, Ping. I put this yeah. out on uh, Twitter yesterday, and um, what does it say about Andrew Short to have two back-to-back solid races, tie for his best finish of the year? What does it say about Andrew Short, or what doesn't it say about a factory bike and all that? Does it, or does it say anything? Is there any correlation between what we've seen, you know, two solid races and, uh, and all that, and, you know, he's, he's got his complete world is upside down as far as a, a bike and a team and all that? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, he he's one of these guys who everything has to be just so and in place. You know, he's, his trainer has talked about that. I always tried to kind of throw him out of his routine to help him be able to adapt when the situation isn't ideal. And, and talk about a, you know, less than perfect situation here. He's riding a pretty stock bike, has no team, is really not being paid. You know, everything he's known for the past however many years is completely turned upside down. So... For him to come out and put in two great rides like that, I think says a lot about how hard he works and his determination. I mean, that's, that can't be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting part to me is, you know, like you're always, and, and a lot of people are just so big on the work stuff, you know. Factory equipment is like so much better. Privateer guys don't have a chance. And there's definitely an advantage to it, but, you know, Andrew Short, did as well on a privateer bike as he did on a factory Honda. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, there's something there. Yeah, okay, Maybe, yeah. I, I think um, engine-wise, it's definitely not as big a deal as it used to be. That You can go take a production 450 and build, build it to where it's got all the power you need. You don't need more, okay? You might move it around, but you don't need more power. Um, 
And if you've got somebody good, like Ambi One's doing a suspension, I believe. Is that right? Um, I thought Ross was. I thought well, maybe it's Ross. Yeah. Anyway, there's, there's great people, whether it's MB1 or yeah. Ross or, you know, there's some great people you can go to, Pro Circuit, if you went and bought kit stuff and said, hey, I, I need a good setting. You could get something good uh, as a privateer, even somebody buying it. So, and he's proven that, 2-6. Yeah. What do you think, Wygant? Yeah, I think you are, you kind of are who you are. Like, I think you would have got, you're getting the same Andrew Short. How often do we make the joke about a guy switches brands or does this and does that? Oh, I got two seconds left faster, and it almost never happens. I mean, the, pretty much the only example I can come up with is Millsaps right now. Yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. example I can come up with is the dude switched teams, brands, whatever, and it made a huge impact. But otherwise, you pretty much are who you are, and I think that's the thing. Rider overcomes bike in motocross, right? So where, where you end up on the talent or speed or hard work scale is where you end up almost regardless of what bike you're on. And I now have people saying that this shows the error of the ways over at LNMC Racing, which is you spend an exorbitant amount of money to get a works bike, have a semi, all those things. Maybe you could have started with a little bit lower budget operation. Uh, but it's easy to say that, I guess, in hindsight. But it's, it's a decent point, too. Well, when you have the bike, you can get a certain class of rider, you know. Um, right. So it's kind of one of those things. But, yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, look at that money they were spending on getting that thing. Um, speaking of, you know, switching bikes and not doing anything better or worse, uh, Brock Tickle, he's about, he's on a full works bike. Now, of course, the Pro Circuit 450 last year that he rode was no slouch. I mean, that's that thing was pretty trick. But he's doing about almost carbon copy, uh, Wygant, from last year. Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I feel it's almost unfair for him because of the Carmichael connection. I think people expected him to make this giant leap. I don't think he necessarily did or Carmichael did or the team did. I think they knew what they were getting. But I think around that, people are like, oh, Carmichael, hand-picked tickle. Once he gets that tutelage, look out. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Like you said, you kind of are who you are. And, and even, you know, you talked to Brock about it. It's like last year's starts were terrible. This year, starts are terrible. Yeah, that's his deal. You very rarely, it's like you talking about Davalos. Yeah. You are who you are. Yeah, uh, yeah. He starts terrible, and he will at some point end up battling with Kyle Chisholm. That's <laughs> that's what happens. That tickle. Yeah, tickle. Yeah, that's well. That's a really good point you make there because here's tickle, like literally, or I mean, here's the Chisholm, literally going from team to team, barely hanging on year to year, really, really barely hanging on. Now, am I correct? Yeah, and. Uh, yep. And um, there's Tickle getting the full bow ride, but in the end, they just end up right back in the same spot anyway. Yeah, that that uh, that Velocity 3 team, that's definitely – there's some problems going on there, and we might find out something this week um, as far as either regrouping and rebranding and going forward for the year or the whole thing being 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 gone. One, one thing is certain, they are losing Velocity. <laughs> yes, they are. Absolutely. <laughs> They're down to, like, velocity one, maybe. <laughs> uh, what else from, from, uh, from the 450 class in uh, A3? Um, BTO, KTM guys are pissed. Villapoto took out Gurky on the last lap, put a hole in his clutch cover. Um, wow. Yeah, so they're not too pumped on that, but you know, Villapoto's making his way out of the uh, – getting his way uh, – through uh, Matt Lemoyne had his best finish of the year. He's been good, but his uh, 
by far, uh, A3 was his best finish of the year, and he was kicking his bike on the starting line when the gate dropped. So it, it, the bike stalled while he was putting his goggles on. Didn't that happen? To, did it happen to Jimmy in the heat too? Someone was kicking their bike in the heat. Yeah, that was Jimmy. While the gate was dropping. That, that was top Jimmy Albertson. Yeah. Was Who, that a stall too, or what happened there? You know, I didn't ask him actually. Yeah, good uh, point. Uh, I should have asked him. Can, uh, can, can there be any more of an anxiety level than that? I mean, just yeah. Talk about having a terrible dream at night. You wake up in a sweat thinking of that happening. You can't get your bike to start as the card goes sideways. Right, right. Um, oh, if you're a KTM guy, uh, no fear. You sleep peaceful. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you, oh, my bike stalled. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Managed to have problems in the starting line of the heat race, too, though. What's that? KTM did have problems oh. in the starting line of the heat race, too, though. <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> Excellent point. Uh, <laughs> did have it's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials, buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X podcast show is brought to you by btosports.com whether you are looking for new gear helmets boots or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up bto is your source for all of your motocross needs as a proud sponsor of the bto sports ktm race team and the heart of the bto sports amateur motocross team it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store we support the sport that supports us, us. we at bto sports want to give back to you the listener for supporting us and the racer x podcast show use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. So, Wygant, you're, you're, you're the JGR guy. Are you, if you're Coy Gibbs, after you level up in Call of Duty, are you happy with the way things are going after five races? You've won two heats. Um, Brayton's gotten good starts, or are you super pissed because your riders are ninth and thirteenth in the points, uh, and in the main events they haven't done that much? What kind of mood are you in? Um, besides you know claiming, besides saying that everyone else is dumb, 
which is what Koi yeah, does. Yeah, everyone's an idiot. Everyone's you know, an idiot. Koi right. thing. Yeah. Are you happy? I think, uh, I think they're okay because I think Brayton feels and they feel that it could happen in any moment. You know, um, even when Brayton's seventh in qualifying, they'll always say, yeah, but he's in that group and that whole group is so close. And when he, you know, who knows if he had not been cleaned out off the start this week. Like, what? I, I think they feel like Brayton and them feel like they're in it. One of these weeks they could get a third. Yeah. It's doable. So I think they're encouraged by that. Um, the grand thing I know the thing they were encouraged by was that he was really determined to get through the year injury-free, which had always been a problem for him. And I think they were impressed that he's, you know, taking a more mature outlook on racing than the old days of Josh Grant, which was much more of a checkers or wreckers mentality. But then this week he jacked up his ankle. So I think they're probably a little bit bummed uh, on that. Yeah. There's no doubt that Grant, you know, the speed we heard he had at the test track and all this stuff coming into the year, we haven't really seen it. Um, I don't know if they're disappointed with that, but I would think that they're a little more maybe – Brayton is coming, and Grant, we didn't, we're not sure. That's what I would think right. they're thinking, but I haven't haven't asked them uh, post A3. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to you are who you are a little bit there. I think he yep. knows who he hired. I don't think he expected them to go out and win championships. Uh, the question I would ask those guys is long-term, what's, what's the plan here? What's the goal? I mean, 9th and 13th is not where you want to be when right. you're spending that kind of money and – you know, have the operation they have, you know, so. I talked to J-Bone, and he, they're already looking for next year. They've got yeah. they've got their eyes open. Tomac's out there, though they've heard that he's going to resign. I've heard the same thing. If he hasn't resigned, he's going to very shortly. Um, they've got their eyes open for guys already, you know. They're, uh, cool. Their ace in the hole is that, um, I think a lot of people forget, they are technically Yamaha's factory team. So when it comes to getting a guy that level, they get Yamaha's checkbook just the same way that um, you know, Kawasaki does with Filipoto or whatnot. So they, if the opportunity is there, they can they can bid. I mean, I heard it. They, Yamaha essentially said to Dean Wilson, "How much do you want?" And Wilson said, "No, I'm staying at Kawasaki." But they could have spent the money if he wanted yeah. to take it. Yeah. Um, right. Weege, your guy PJ Larson, first man event of the year. Yeah, and you know. It wasn't like he was just barely missing either, right? Like it had been. Yeah, this was by far. This was a Les Smith of Oakland. You know, Les Smith had yeah, been not close and put together a solid heat race, and Les Smith got in the main event last week. And same thing with PJ. Uh, not close. Um, struggling on a 450 a bit, and then boom, in the main. It's like that. Just everything came together. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to PJ after this one. I did talk to Les Smith after Oakland, and he said they changed nothing on the bike. He just, just him. Right. Uh, looks, um, looks like Jake, a lot. Jake Weimer broke some ribs. This is the word on the street. Not officially yet, but uh, might be up for a little bit. Chris Blos blew a motor, so bummer deal for him. And, um, yeah, that's your Oakland 450 roundup. Uh, one other guy we didn't mention was um, Kennard, who I, I swear when we were watching the race, we said to each other like three times, like, oh, Kennard must have made a mistake, or Kennard went down. But then he told you after the race that it really wasn't wasn't like that. Yeah, he kind of just said that, uh, you know, they were just bobbles, nothing serious, and he's fine. And, right. You know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, just, just he said he felt off all day. He didn't look good all day. He looked, uh, I, I, I commented on that in the heat of my car, didn't look good. Mm-hmm. And then the main, same thing. He just wasn't, it wasn't Trey we've seen at the first handful of rounds. Was that a 
before or after the chicken finger or chicken wing? At what point were you well, noticing Well, it was this? kind of with, between barbecue sauce and ranch. Oh, okay. um, it was like somewhere in that transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're um, looking. There were napkins and soda. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of a blur. Glancing out to the, uh, to, the, to the stadium. Did they have ice cream? No, no ice cream. But I went ahead and went into the TLD truck and stole some gummy bears and a candy bar. So, I mean, I was well taken care of. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Um, you know, I always thought you may just made jokes about ice cream just to make jokes about ice cream. No, but, not it. But, oh, no. You love ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, all right. Anything else in four fifties? You switch to switch two fifties. Hey, Ping. Uh, Ping, I want to ask uh, you. When we were talking to Reed, Steve and I were talking to Reed at the end of the race, and uh, he said, he said to us, honestly, it looks like everyone is struggling in some way with with bike setup, and it does seem like this year there have been so many moments of like everybody has had bad races. Everyone has had moments where they just didn't seem to have it that night. Like, it's been so much more up and down. I feel like than usual. Have you noticed that? I mean, you probably pick up on that better than we can. What do you think? Yeah, but I don't. It does seem like that, um, and I mean, it's easy to say it's the fork, just because that's something that's new. Um, I don't know what else the heck it would be. You know, I mean, the Cowie's not really radically different chassis-wise. The Honda's a little different, so that could account for some of that. Dungey's working on this new shock, and that's maybe something. And I feel like they're all just everybody is trying to kind of figure things out with some either new products or new chassis and yeah it's leading to some inconsistencies you know that's why it kind of surprised me everyone went to the air stuff this year because you know like if I was Villapoto and I had a setup last year that was just money I mean he was obviously so comfortable on that stuff I don't know I can't see that they put the air stuff on and it was oh yeah this is so much better at the test track but then somehow you get to the race and it's you're crashing all over the place you know what I mean? I, at this point, even, I would be like, whatever we got to do or pay to get my forks from last year on, let's do it. Let Weimer sort out these air forks for the year or whatever. We'll try them again before the Nationals or something. I don't know. I, I'm one of those guys that just likes to be comfortable. I'd rather know something works well and I've won with it before than, you know, try to try some cutting-edge new thing and, and have to go through that learning curve. I'd rather let someone else go through it, you know. Um, I just quickly looked, uh, only four guys have made the top 10 in every race in the 450 class, Millsaps, Dungey, Kennard, and Short. And last year after five races, six guys had made the top 10 every race. So yeah, a little bit of inconsistency. Why get? Yeah. And last year, you know, you had four winners in the first four rounds, but it was the same dude that you thought would be up there. Right. I bet you that they were pretty much all for every race, just in a different order. I think one time Weimer got in there. Like, they were all up front. Like, yeah. there's been races where you're like, oh, Dungey, I forgot even Dungey's even in this. Or, where's Reed? I forgot about him. Or, Kennard, yeah. where is he? Like, that just doesn't normally happen that way. Where's Ferry? Things like that. Well, you said it a lot, I know. Um, all right, let's go to 250s. Um, I thought, I really thought. What about, hey, what about Reed? You never really mentioned anything about Reed. Do we think, is he going to pick it up? Is this weekend going to be a turnaround for him? San Diego, man. San Diego. Yeah. Wales vagina. He's he's notoriously fast there, but this season has definitely been, and he's always kind of been a little slow starting, but this is pretty slow right now. Um, I mean, not he's slow, but the start to his season is slow. It's just in. Ping calls Reed slow. Challenges him to, <laughs> challenges him to a race. 
Oh, gee, that's going to be on Vital later. Uh, <laughs> well, he had he was second in the points with 105 points last year because uh, I had that open thing. I have it open in front of me. And this year he has 81 points. So a 24-point swing for Chad Reed from one year to the next. Uh, and he's fifth, and what, fifth in the points. Fifth, yeah. Oh, so, yes, he's three points out of the lead after five races. Now he's well, a shit ton. I yeah. He was uh, down in that. You know, he and Brayton were next to last and last after that crash, right? Weren't they? Um, yeah, I don't have the lap. Or did some? I don't. I don't I think I don't think anyone was behind them. Like they. So did Reed go from nineteenth to fifth? But that seems crazy. Like watching him during the race, it didn't seem that impressive. But then I watched it again on TV, and I'm like, wait a minute. He went from nineteenth to fifth. Yeah, hold on, please. Let me look. Um. You guys just be quiet, though. Don't, don't nobody talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't want to keep the dead air. Uh, I didn't think, you know, Grant and uh, Villapoto and a couple other guys were victims of that crash, but I didn't think they were behind him. I mean, Reed literally had to get up on his bike and do like a a one eighty or a three sixty, depending on who you're asking. <laughs> uh, he he was thirteenth after one lap, but that doesn't yeah it doesn't mean where he was. You know, when he picked his bike I wonder up. If there was a, but Brayton was nineteen. Another pilot. Well, there so there's Weimer was gone. Weimer was out, so there's only 19 guys huh? finished first lap. Um, yeah. and, and Brayton was dead last for two laps in a row. So, the you know, Chad was six places ahead of Brayton after one lap. Yeah, now I'm really intrigued. I was to ask Chad, did he pass a bunch of guys? Was there another crash somewhere? Right. Were they not last? When they got, I mean, they, they literally had to pick their bikes up in that third turn, so I don't if see I, how they weren't last. If I'm Chad Reed and Jason Wygant asked me, I go, oh, yeah, I was way back. Oh, God, right. yeah, way back. Right. Um, and if you're riding around Chad Reed in turn four next weekend, are you a little nervous? <laughs> I mean, so far, it's like two, three. What if here it comes? What if the whole pack just grabs their brakes? Go, <laughs> go, let him go. You know, you have to say this: if James Stewart had done that two weeks in a row, the exact same thing, meltdown, like yeah. internet locking up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to say what's fair. I mean, Stewart would have been 100% blamed. Target on his back. Get him out of here. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Yeah. But he, he, he yeah. and to play the devil's advocate a little bit here, he earned that, you know, from jumping on Ricky to just all the violent crashes he had on his own, jumping on JT. You know, he, he's kind of got a history of being a little, of doing that. So at some point, people start to really watch you, put you under a microscope. Reed's never really had that, you know, where he's been dangerous or wild. Oh, you don't remember and, all uh, the you don't remember the Chad Reed's out of control talk. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. to me, was, Oakland it was everywhere for years. What? I'm joking. I'm joking. Oakland was his definitely on him for sure. This one, I, I don't think I, it was just I, a total racing incident. I, I think watching it. Um, two fifty class. I would have bet a lot of money that Eli Tomac was going to win this weekend because he was just going to reestablish his dominance. Um, but a bad start did him in. And, I knew, and, you know, even if he had gotten a good start, I'm not so sure he would have won. Roxon was really good, scrubbing the triples like no other. Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, Do you need anything else or is that, is that it? <laughs> We that wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. What about um, what about Rattray? Didn't qualify. 
Oh. Ping, I, I tweeted I tweeted during the race that he may as well just pull onto that 57 and just keep going. Don't even go back to the truck. But to be fair to him, his bike broke in the heat. So, you know, it's not like he... Yeah, that put him in a bad place. It did, but wow. holy! Talk about a guy who's, you know... And I talked to somebody who's, who's around that team and not connected with Tyler, but around the team. And he's like, he's just scared. He's just scared. He broke his neck last year. That's what's hap- that's what's going on. Mm. I mean, and I mean, you know, takes a takes a big man to come out and say that he's scared. But uh, I'm not sure if I buy that totally. But there's something going on, huh, Ping? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a scary injury to to deal with and come back from. I mean, you know, and I think that speaks volumes about um, what Trey's doing. You know, for him to be able to come back and compete on that level. It's, it's tough. I mean, I did femurs and stuff, and even that was like, it just takes a while to get your confidence back and get to where you're not second guessing everything. And um, yeah, for Tyler, this is hopefully this weekend was rock bottom, you know, and he can do some soul searching, maybe have a scream session with Mitch, and and just get his shit together. Mm-hmm. The worst um, thing. Or sorry, go ahead. No, I just. That's it. I, I, it's just he's a world champion. He, the guy was really fast last year, surprisingly fast in Supercross, and you know now he's he's not even struggling to get top tens. The the worst thing ever, Ping, probably, and you, maybe you've been there, having a terrible race before the eight week break or whatever. Like, gotta be just it's just well, real crappy. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd like to go out with with something positive, but. The good thing about being West Coast and having that big break is either way, you shift your focus to outdoors for a while, you know, and sometimes you just need to right. break break things up, you know, and get, yeah. kind of start over with something new to um, just break this. You know, sometimes you get on a roll of bad finishes or whatever, and at least a break will let you go, okay, right. man, pull that tear off. Let's go do some outdoors for a while and focus on this. and Pull the tear off. Pull, like, the life's tear off. Whole life's tear off off. That's right. That's right. That's deep. That's deep. Well, yeah. You're welcome. Um, uh, Troy Lee Designs, Ping, uh, those are your guys. Uh, that's your specialty, right? Uh, 11, 12, and 13. Not a good night for the TLD guys with the pink plastic and the uh, uh, the gear that was seen from the heavens. Tough night for TLD at A3. That was the press release headline that I wrote. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, rough, rough. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you say. Sealy was wasn't good all day, huh? Struggling all day. Nah, he was, all of them were struggling with times again, and they, you know they don't really worry about Nelson. He, he doesn't qualify that well, but he, he usually he's been you know he qualified 18th last weekend and then came back and won the heat. Yeah, I mean they don't really worry about him. He picks it up in the race, but um, Cole was really bad, and then just had some falls and just you know. They were hoping A3 was going to be kind of a breakout for him. He had led so many laps at A2. He led even more at Oakland. They were, okay, mm-hmm. let's try to lead all 15 this time, you know. And yeah. It didn't happen, but yeah. crashes and just, you know, is what it is. Bad weekend. You know what's weird? Looking at the results, uh, there was uh, six Cowies in the main event, 250 class. The one got second. The other five were 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It was like wow, really weird. Yeah, one guy in second, and then the bottom five are all Cowies. So very strange. Derek oh. Anderson, Behrman, Tedder, 
John Carlos Ramos. I don't even know what John Carlos Ramos, if that is a cow. Apparently, I didn't even know that was a cow. I thought it was a Honda. Kind of got, he's got, got some psychedelic graphics going on there. Um, well, when you're a movie star, you have to do something. Yeah, good point. He wears leather pants. Maybe that's who the picture was you saw. He could pull off leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, well, I mean, we may as well get to it. Why well, again? Talk about Davos. <laughs> well, as much as I would like to see Steve um, eat his words, and as much as Steve would probably enjoy eating, ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, there we're about halfway through the main, and I turn to Steve and I say, uh, I don't want to let you know this, but Davalos is actually right there, and he's going a tenth faster every lap. It was like 1.7, 1.6, 1.5, 1.4, 1.3. Like, it was like six or seven laps in a row that he was going a little bit quicker than Roxas. So I ask you this, Steve. Just tell me the truth. Did your heart rate go up at all? Were you at all worried that Davalos is going to pull through, make it happen, and make you look bad? Well, did you ask me? I, I don't think you answered. I don't think you responded. I said, dude, I hate to say this, but Davalos is right there, and he's closing in, and he's going faster, and I'm no. not sure you responded. Yeah. Um, no, no, never, not at all. Um, okay, so it, <laughs> not, it not went. for one second did you think it was going to happen. From lap four, Roxon's lead was 1.57. For one, two, three, four, five, five consecutive laps, it shrunk to one point three on the eighth lap, and then the spots came out: one point seven, one point eight, two point two, two point seven, three point oh for Ken. So right back out, um, back out. So, um, yeah, was I worried? No, not at all. Not at all. He rode great. He won the heat. He got second. Uh, a really good job by Martin Davalos, but uh, this just in. He he won't win. He will not win. He can't win. It's not possible. It's not in his DNA to win. So I, I, Well, you're just being a dick, dude. He could totally win. He's riding the better he? this year than he's ever ridden. Can he? Can he totally win? Yep. Okay. I guess we'll Absolutely. see. Absolutely. I don't I it's, don't I'm not gonna stand here and tell you he'll beat It's been and it's been eight years. And straight up. It's it's been eight years and over a hundred and fifteen starts in the lights class on some very good machines. Uh, there's been a lot of podiums. I guess we'll see. I like my yeah. odds. Your odds are your odds are good, but he is riding better than he's ever ridden. And, and uh, oh no, oh right, no, no, he doesn't no, win. No. He has not. He was does, not riding he, better than he's he ever win, ridden. Does he at least win fastest rider in a race? Is he faster than uh, Ryan Moore? Yeah, I was going to say him and Mo. Him and Mo, right? Would be. Um, neck and neck. Um, probably he'd win. Probably he's faster than than Mo. I bet. Th- I bet you Mo has more career podiums though. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be a battle between those two. Yeah, for so- second, of course. <laughs> <laughs> good one. That was funny. To yeah, me. that was good. Um, no, you know what? Mitch needed it though. Mitch needed it. So. Oh man. Crack yourself up, don't you? That's uh, pretty funny. Why again? Two solid rides for Cunningham. In a row. Yeah, Bobby Regan said they're struck. We're struggling a bit with Kyle right now for uh, Anaheim too, but uh, something has turned around. I guess he was sick, and now he's not anymore. But we talked about this last week, and Ping, you probably agree with what I think it was JT that said that. But 
But Cunningham, that's what you get. You know, he always has this threat to be as fast as anyone. But sometimes that leads to crashes and bad results. So it's like Cunningham could get fourth and be super fast, or he gets seventeenth, and you wouldn't be surprised either way. So I guess we're still not surprised. If you if you had to bet your life, Wygant, no, something you treasure very much. Uh, <laughs> There's not much. Let me think. Um, the money in his wallet. If you had to yes. bet the your... money, I haven't spent. Yeah. The yes. money I haven't spent. Yes. More valuable than anything I own. Right, yeah. right. Your Jeep, your right. orange Jeep that Koi likes so much. If you had to bet your orange Jeep on Davalos or Cunningham in a mono a mono 20 lapper versus each other on a supercross track, who would you go with? Without hesitation, I'm going Davalos. Oh, yeah? Yeah, here's yeah. why. Because I think that they both, okay, maybe they're both similar in that. They're very fast. They haven't been able to put it together a thing. But I feel like Davalos has always been a level above. Like, Davalos got second, and we're like, oh, still can't get it done. But how many seconds has Cunningham ever had? How many teams has Kaka How many teams has Kaka had on the level of Davalos? Yeah, I mean, Kyle did have some years where he was just a straight-up privateer or barely hit anything. Yeah. But I give, think that's give, still the same. That's still a reflection. Sometimes the ride is a reflection of the potential. I mean, Davalos give was Kyle, getting podium. Give Kyle a KTM factory bike, a Pro Circuit bike, a Rockstar Suzuki bike, and you watch. Get him away Star from that. Star Racing bike twice? Get him away from that dysfunctional family known as Star Racing. And, <laughs> and, and you could see. You'll see. I would bet. What What would you do, Ping? Who would you bet on? Well, given past results and whatever, I, you got to go with Davalos. I disagree. I go Cunningham. Uh, no, come I, on. I do. I do. And and we'll ask his mom. <laughs> okay. No, no questions asked. We're uh, good. Um, You're the boss. No, I don't know. I just go with Cunningham. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you Cunningham's... guys this in the, in the opening ceremonies when they're introducing Wyndham? Cunningham's he hungrier. Was... He's hungrier. You know? Oh, okay. Maybe Never mind. Just... I wasn't talking. Maybe, maybe that was just me. Maybe I'm just Back hungrier. Uh, all right. Go ahead, Ping. Sorry. Are you sure? Yes. You get, you, there's nothing else you want to blurt out? Just that Kyle Cunningham's hungrier. Okay. Opening ceremony. Introduce Wyndham. Did you hear it? the guy say... 1996 and 1997 250 Supercross champion. Did you hear it? Uh, I didn't they, hear it. They've, they've switched it up. So now they're calling old 125 stuff 250 stuff. Well, that, that, that's okay. So I'm a four times 250 Supercross winner? <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. You, you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let, me uh, just yeah, up, just... let me just update that resume. Get, a... <laughs> Get the pencil up. I just up. want to make sure. <laughs> That that is a great question, and you know it's one that gets uh, Swisscore, and my guy Swisscore very upset because he feels like the class name should just be SX1 and SX2 for the very reason that you do not confuse people because it is a little confusing. It is. So I agree, but uh, I think that's what you do. Yeah, I think you've got to do that to to make it relevant for the crowd that is in your stadium at that moment. Why can't you agree? I think we even talked about that on the show once. I think you one time said that Pingree had won four 250 races, and Pingree said, no, I haven't, and then there was mass confusion. Right, So, right. 
that's how confusing that's how confusing it is. What, yeah, I'd say, I mean, it's obviously, I'm sure they thought long and hard and were like, what do we say? I think they made the right choice. I mean, you're going to be a little weird no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Austin Politelli? Clear vision. Sure. Uh, he finished eighth for the second race in a row. He yeah. is 13th in the points. He's missed one main event. Uh, he's on HRT Honda. Uh, a lot of Joey Savachi talk. A lot of Joey Savachi talk. And for rightfully so. But nothing on Politelli. No talk on that guy, on that kid. 170 pounds, he told me this weekend. He's 170 pounds. Big boy. In the lights class on an HRT Honda. What do you he think? Talks to him? Is, he, is he a chubby kid or he's just thick or he's tall? What is he doing? He's tall. Why does he weigh so much? He's tall. tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like. Oh, he's got Axel gear. And listen, uh, Axel, you got to do something. You, you, something. Something's gone off the rails. So your designer is on taking speed balls because the stuff doesn't look good either, by the way. So, um, you really think Axel has gone off the rails? Huh? What would be your evidence of that? Really? Well, just the way. So Axel gears the equivalent of like, <clears throat> you know, if John Bon Jovi was just living in like a cardboard box, <laughs> like using newspaper print as a blanket, like that would be the equivalent of where Axel. Like, Axel was the top, the best, the most successful gear brand 20 years ago, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but... They were the coolest looking, the best brand, they had the best riders, they won the most races. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they were kind of a little off the rails. I think you're right. <laughs> I'm, pl- I'm, a little trying bit to, off the rails. I'm trying to be nice. I just feel like Polatelli, who wears Axel, I feel like that's part, maybe holding him back from getting guys like Ping to notice him and talk about him. The gear is that bad now. It has like a cloak of invisibility. I don't know what's going on with it. It's... <laughs> that gear is awful. I don't even want to look at it. It's... I don't want to see it in my peripheral. <laughs> oh, my eyes. No, it's it's a lot of horizontal stripes, which make, you know, again, could, could cause someone to judge Politelli harshly. It would be more like, I guess the fact that access is still out there, it would be more like, Going to like a local bar karaoke club and John Bon Jovi's just singing and he's just like another dude. Yeah, It'd be more like that. Like, oh, he's still at it. They're still trying. Everything comes back to Jovi with you. Yeah, God, what is it with Jersey and John Bon Jovi and the other knucklehead Bruce Springsteen? So the guys like New Jersey. That's all they've got. Yeah, you gotta hang on to those two things so tightly. I'm tired of Bruce, I'm tired about Bruce singing about the factory that's closed down. Yeah, Bruce. No one gives a crap. Your the, jeans are too tight, by the way. The economy's in a rough shape. We got it, Bruce. We got it <laughs> that we need to stick together and band together. We got it. And the working man rules. Got it. You know? I feel like at this point he's become a character of himself a little bit. My dad just say he could just make up words like as the song goes and like people would never know the difference. Like you could watch a hundred consecutive concerts and the lyrics would never be the same once, but no one would realize he's just so brilliant. Get away with it. Um, but if that's all we got, <clears throat> glad we got it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, aging rock stars, uh, very upsetting to me. Sammy Hagar is playing at his restaurant on the Vegas Strip this Saturday. Wristbands are, oh. being, wristbands are being given out at 8 a.m. to get in line for wristbands. It's a, it's a you know little concert he's doing at in Vegas here. And I got to go to stupid Supercross. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I was contemplating skipping San Diego Supergrass to go to the Monster Jam going on at Anaheim. Even hit Prater up about tickets, which he may or may not have gotten me after the whole vital debacle last week. Because <laughs> my kids wanted to go. They want to see Monster Trucks real bad. Uh-huh. Decided against it. Going to the Supercross. Told my kids to suck it. Really? Up the way to year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kids, suck it. You know what? <laughs> you couldn't go anyways because you'd see Bradshaw. And you just shake your head. Like, what happened? What happened, Damon? What are you talking about? He's getting paid to go no. jump and smash up cars and trucks. Like no, good for him. Dream, but dude. he seems like he really likes it. Hell, he's a dude. He's a redneck. That's like what he was born to do. I feel like Bradshaw. And you think those guys don't drink like a bunch of sailors after the race? <laughs> Please. Just what, what, Damon? Come back, come back. We've lost you. Come back. Please. I feel like he doesn't want to come back. I feel like he's very happy driving he monster totally trucks. Is. But you know, like remember when he's in the AXO gear though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the good old days. <laughs> like like you ever talk to Damon Ping? He's always you're always like, Hey Damon, what about this time? And he's everything brings back to he kind of, he brings everything back to monster trucks. Like he just Yeah, he, he didn't talk about monster trucks too much with me, but he just wanted to drink. <laughs> he was buying shots so fast I couldn't get him down. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. slow down. One time uh, last year, uh, Nick Way went up to Boise to race a Supercross or whatever, a little stadium race, and Bradshaw raced it. And uh, I guess after the race, he was enjoying himself a little bit, and Damon's kid said to Nick Way, where's my dad? And Nick's like, oh, he's over there. And, and the kid's like, God damn it, he said he wouldn't drink anymore. <laughs> and he had to go get him. <laughs> the, kid, the kid had to go get him. He said he wasn't going to drink tonight or something. <laughs> Dalton? Is it Dalton? What's his kid's name? It's the total redneck name. It's, yeah, I think so. It might be Dalton, just like Roadhouse. Um, good times. All right. Um, anything else? Anything? Is, uh, what, what's the story on this 250 title? Is it Roxon all the way? What's the story on this 250 title? Um, yeah. 20-point lead for Ken Roxon. Pretty good. Pretty good. Looking pretty good, too. Yes. I asked Eli about riding a 450 on the other coast and if this, him trailing in the points hurts his chances. And he said, no, I think it helps it. I don't think they would have let me race if I would have had the lead. So I was like, oh, so you're tanking on purpose. And he just <laughs> laughed. Because um, you know he wants to get on the 450, right? Because what? Because you know he wants to get on the 450 ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, looks like we might see him on the East Coast on a 450, unless he, you know, turns it around this weekend to San Diego and grabs a points lead or something. So, Roxon looks good though, man. Roxon looks, I mean, there's just no mistakes even made by him. You know, he looks like, wow, he looks like Tomac did in the first few races. Yeah. So he didn't make mistakes in the first couple himself. Like he really hasn't shown any. Roxon has not shown any sign of he has looked completely in control. Like I feel like every lap this year. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You got a point. Even though he was he was getting second, he was getting beat by Tomac, but he's still riding very strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you guys you know, know since, since Eli's been training with Rhino, he's got a little bit of Rhino in him in his style. It's kind of like when did he start with Rhino? Oh, I don't know. He's been training with Rhino for a little while now. I can't like again. I can't keep track of this shit because I see Budman around all the time. 
No, Buddy is his riding coach. He just does the stuff yeah. in the gym with Rhino. But, like, okay. he just, well, I don't know. He's a little too much Jeff Stanton. He needs a little more David Bailey, I feel like. You know what I mean? He needs to slow down just a tiny bit. So Okay, so he's got John, who's gnarly, in his ear, guiding him. He's got Buddy Antonis guiding him in his ear. He's got Rhino, sweet Jesus. He's got Rhino in his ear, guiding him. Uh, maybe this is the problem. Who would you, you know, like, you kind of got to keep a consistent message. Maybe he's getting, and this is looking way too deep into it probably, but. Probably. Actually, you know, Rhino's stuff in the gym is good. If you just tune everything out and you just do the workout there, you don't, you know. Right. Get so, into the daily meditations on a mountaintop. It's probably okay. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, um, Budman, trying to help him with his riding. And, and, you know, John's been there the whole his whole life. So, I, mean, I think John's a big part of his, his program, as is his mom. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Kenny's dad's not around that much, and he's doing better. So, I don't know if there's something there or not either. You know, I think Ken- – I talked to uh, Budman about it, and they, they call John there the dad of the general. He, it, it's all his decisions. He – you know, this guy's for this and this guy's for that. Like, there there are mixed messages of who the, the hierarchy is. They basically got, like, a middle management, I guess, in oh. the program. Yeah, yeah. A whole little corporation going. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this guy over here, his name's Ryan Hughes. He is in the basement of <laughs> – go down there. <laughs> just get, get your work in and get out of that basement, kid. Get out of that basement. <laughs> Don't get stuck in there because God knows what's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the, the is the people under the stairs. Remember that movie? That's Rhino. <laughs> okay, the guy with the stapler in the office. No, he's no movie to the basement with stapler. Right, right. Uh, BTO Sports. If somebody, somebody tries to take my stapler. I'm gonna burn his face down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BTOSports.com, RacerX Podcast, Anaheim Three Wrap Up, presented by our friends at Thor MX. Thormex.com. Um, yeah, guys. Thanks. Good good times. Uh, and so we're all going to San Diego, so we'll probably all do this next week. So. Let's try to see each other there, maybe. Maybe yeah. we can get you guys in a suite. Huge debate on whether you were there or not, Pink, still. But it sounds like you were. <laughs> but like, I'm telling you, I was. No one saw you. Wygant didn't see you. I didn't see you. Listenboard didn't see you. My wife didn't see you. Uh, no one. So. Mm. Mm. Can, well, can can you get us in the suite? I'll try. Because the guy the guy's got a suite again this week, and he's not even going. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I haven't gotten an invite yet, but we'll see. Well, listen, the press box in San Diego sucks. I know it does. it's not Daytona Supercross bad, but it sucks. The only good thing about the press box in San Diego is is Lachine hangs up there, and that's always cool. There's not a lot of places where the press box is any good in terms of spectating. Oh yeah, there is. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. There is. There's better places. Trust me. It's better upstairs <laughs> in a suite. Yeah, I guess. You're right. The suite. Get a little chilly? Just go inside behind the glass. Go inside. It's fine. Shut the door. Yeah. Warm it up. Sit on the couch, maybe. It's leather. A little hungry? Here, have Get a, chick- a drink. You want some chicken fingers? Yeah. You want to dip those in barbecue or ranch? What do you like? Here, have a sandwich. It's chicken focaccia. <laughs> it's got a fancy bread. Uh, <laughs> Why well, again? we got to try to get, try to maybe do that. Is there free Wi-Fi access? Because I ain't paying. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I do know that my phone won't work there. You guys might be out of luck, actually. My, I can call, but I get no 
I can't like get on Twitter. That's so, just your cell service. That's just yeah, your like, cell service. It's not doing sweet in the suite. Well, there's no Wi-Fi service there, man. I'm telling you. No. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, well, it'll be a problem. Well, you guys will have to just tough it out. Sorry, I'll send you a text from there. If my phone works. <laughs> if not, we'll talk to you next Monday. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.